Benvenuti and ciao ragazzi to the 28th episode of In the Shadow of Vesuvio. My name is Henry Bell. I'm broadcasting from the sunny climate of Paisley in West Scotland. But much more interestingly, we have Michele Borelli. Oh, fuck, I've said your name wrong. We're going to start again. Did you? I called you Michele Borelli. Ah, come on, who cares? They all called me like that. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to keep rolling then. Okay, it's fine. So joining <laughs> me in the shadow of Vesuvius <laughs> in, in Naples is Michele Borelli. How are you doing, Michele? I'm fine. I'm fine, Henry. I'm happy to. I'm happy to hear that it's very sunny in Paisley, in Scotland. But and I've got pronunciation sunny. standards, Michele. I've got to get your name right. Oh, it's absolutely fine. It's absolutely, I've been. I've been called much, much worse. Much, okay. much worse. Oh, yeah, they. They basically destroy my name all the time. It's it's a fairly simple name, but the ch in the name just just throws a lot of people off. And uh, just like I said, for the first few years. I tried to fight it, and yeah, then I completely gave up. So, and does this come from your time spent in this very country, Michele? How did people get on with your name in 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 Scotia, in Scotland? No, they in in the UK they all call me Michelle, which is I think the worst the worst name. I mean, the the, the, the least the, the the one I like the least, I would say, because it's I mean, in Italy, Michelle is. For girls, right? I mean, it's that female yeah. thing. But uh, you yeah. yeah, know, it's fine. It's fine. I, I, I get after a while. I gave up correcting people on that too. As long as you know, I kind of understand that you're calling me. Then it's fine. It's okay. I'll pretend that you mentioned it correctly. So we all know how to trigger Michele now, listeners. <laughs> never, never play Michele the song Michelle by the Beatles because then everything's. Everything's going to kick off. Yes. Michelle. Anyway, yeah. actually, don't quote the beat because actually we'll get sued by the Beatles lawyers. Anyway, um, <laughs> so this is quite a strange start to the podcast, but I think things are going to get even worse because you're going to tell everybody what number 28 is in the Napoli Tombola. Please. Should I? I think so. You know that? Yeah, okay. Okay. Number 28. It's actually a tzitz, the breasts, iseni, boobs, mammary glands, chests, yes, whatever, whatever you want to call them. Indeed. And uh, right, there we I go. Was, yeah, I know, just because I, I just looked at number 29 and 30, and now we have three dirty ones in a row. So if I can't, I really. Come here. I really, yes, I really can't wait. I really can't wait. This is the only reason why I do this. I don't care about talking football. I don't care about talking to you. I don't care about anything else. I just want to be filthy on, uh, on a podcast. So that's Can you fine. say it again? Can you say it again in Neapolitan? So this is, I think this is tits. I would translate this as tits, personally, I think. Go on. All right. So number 28, ladies and gentlemen, is etzitz. Etzitz. E is D, so tits is tits. 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 Yes. Tits. So if I was to go into Vomorov, for example, a sophisticated place in, yes. in Naples, and, and scream tits at the top of my voice, <laughs> what kind of reaction would I, would I garner? What kind of reaction would you get if you do the same thing and just scream tits in a Scottish pub or something? I don't know. Okay, well, a fair, fair exchange. When I'm over there first weekend of June, I will do this. Yes. Kelly, but when you're next over here, uh, I, you I have to do that. it too. And we can, we can swap notes. Why, why, in all seriousness, why do you think there is a number called tits in the uh, tombola? I mean, this is, this is not the worst one. There are so many, so many worse ones than this. I just, you know, I think, I mean, don't forget that the tombola in Napolitan is called smorphia. Smorphia... In English would be uh, how to translate it like uh, grimace. Does it make sense? Uh, a grimace, yeah, like that. So it, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But it's, Listeners, uh, it's you, just... you can imagine what my face was doing. That's yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah. That wasn't great. So, the audio format, <laughs> it's fine. People would have just imagined it. So no, yeah, it's just like you know, in theory, 
you have these numbers and you know one of the tradition of dysmorphia is basically you pick a number during the tombola process and you kind of make up a story so obviously you can link all the numbers you you uh, you you get and uh, you just make up a story on the spot you know i actually went there a few a couple of years ago i went to a show which was basically like a drag show uh it's like a napolitan tradition but i didn't know about that it was nice. quite nice so yeah drag show uh, and uh, this uh man uh was uh, just picking numbers and he was making up a story with these numbers and he was having a show in between as well like singing songs that are based on the numbers and stuff so so yeah that's basically that's the idea behind the tombola you know there are oh, some amazing. movies yeah there are some movies for example i think I, we mentioned that before one of the like one of the uh my favorite movies napolitan movies is um it's called così parlò bella vista i think you can find it very easily on youtube but obviously i mean it's all in napolitan and italian so it's kind of hard to you, you, you can, i don't you think can you will also find any generate subtitles. but you can also generate them on youtube so you can get an idea it won't be, uh, it'll be imperfect but it's napolitan so it's kind of i don't think youtube is is very good at that but one of Regional the scenes, discrimination from youtube there yeah true agreed so one of the scenes in this movie is basically two old wo- uh, women they go to um like a dream interpreter professional uh and they basically uh, the purpose of this visit is to go to this guy talk talk to this guy about the dream one of these women uh had and this guy will professionally interpret the dream and translate them into translate the the, the dream she had into tombola numbers so if she dreamed about boobs obviously the mm. number would be 28 and the point is to get these numbers and uh play them for the lotto and hopefully you would win something ah, based on that so nice. i think it's i mean it's not just on the in the movie it's uh, this movie is uh it's based in the 80s i think 70s in napoli i think that was actually something that people used to do here uh, and listeners try it okay so if you're listening to this podcast immediately stop what you're doing and um analyze your last dream cross-reference the images of the napoli tombola and pick six or however many images you need whatever country in the lottery buy a ticket and if you win donate 25 percent of the winnings to in the shadow of vesuvio please yes would you reckon yeah no it's 25 percent is generous from us it's a generous request we could have asked for more and maybe we will, but at the moment, that's what the terms and conditions are. It's all part of the negotiation. Um, we can learn from our dear president, Ole De Laurentiis. That's not including image rights. Yes. Henry, do you remember when this podcast used to be about football? Oh, shit. Yeah, we should probably talk about football. So what we're going to do today is, I mean, you might notice where it's only a week between shows. Amazing. Uh, we are going to talk a bit, very quickly, about the Frankfurt trouble, but just because you predicted it, Michele um we'll talk about the game that happened at the weekend 4-0 hooray uh, a little bit about where you watched it because it's an away match i always like to to paint the picture of watching an away match in naples we'll talk about champions league draw milan napoli maybe reflect on some of our favorite fixtures of those teams from the past and then i don't know we'll see what happens and see where we go um yeah. I also want to talk a bit about the picture you sent me earlier on, but I won't do that just yet because we haven't talked about football for ages. So let's talk very briefly. So the Frankfurt fans turned up and you'll be stunned to hear that they caused a lot of trouble and they were they were very violent. Uh, lots of different reports going around. This isn't a news podcast, so don't come and get us, right? We're giving you the subjective experience here. From what I could see, some people were saying that there were Atalanta Ultras involved as well, that the the police got caught in the middle, there were Napoli Ultras, and then there was some nasty stuff after the game about the hotel being surrounded. Generally speaking, the whole thing was just a bit rubbish all round. But if you remember on our last show, Michaela, you were talking about how you know, the whole thing was a bit of a mess and was probably going to end in disaster. How does it feel to be right? It feels um, it feels like a habit now because it's these things are very, very predictable. So I don't feel particularly good about it because I don't think I predicted anything too weird. For me, it was, it was a given, you know, like it, you, it was already announced that these people would have come to Napoli anyway. 
um, it was announced that they wouldn't have gotten tickets. So, I mean, what what else is left to do? I mean, they're definitely not coming to Napoli to enjoy a pizza and a walk in the sunshine, you know? They're coming to Napoli uh, to to fight, you know, to, to look for a fight with Napoli of Trust. So, uh, you take them away from the stadium, obviously, they have to cause chaos something somewhere else. So, yeah, it was quite sad to see. It was kind of funny for me as well, because while all these things were going on, I was very peacefully and quietly drinking my Coca-Cola outside the stadium. I received a lot of messages from friends and families. They were, they were, I think they were watching the news, no? So they were uh, watching the news and they knew that I was outside the stadium because I go there quite early for the tickets. And uh, they just, I received a lot of messages, like super worried. Oh, Michele, how are you? Please tell me you're right. And I was like super, you know, there was a lot of peace. There was absolutely nothing going on around the stadium. And then there was hell on earth in the Napoli city center. So, yeah, no, around the stadium, nothing happened at all. Absolutely nothing. It was probably one of the uh, quietest uh, pre-games I've ever had outside the stadium. Obviously, it was um, sold out. You're in that a nice bar. You're in that very nice bar that I've been yeah. to. Sat outside with a Coca-Cola, having a yes. lovely time. Whilst yes. everyone else is causing chaos in the, in the middle. Um, totally. Yeah, I mean, I think... I mean, there were some annoying people on Twitter. Let's not give them the oxygen of publicity, but there was some annoying. There's one particular German influencer, can't remember his name, spouting absolute nonsense, saying that Naples isn't safe, all this kind of stuff. And I just, <laughs> I had to find myself sort of having to count to 10 and not just replying, saying, well, there's a reason Naples isn't safe tonight. It's because of, you know, exactly. all the <laughs> German fans that are there, but it's fine. Um, nice. In fact, it, it was the meeting of Glasgow Napoli, Corva G. Uh, that night and uh, in Paisano West where we like to gather beforehand to have pizza made by Neapolitans with Neapolitan ingredients there was a a, a very tall German that was a Frankfurt fan Ooh, interesting. and did you fight uh, with him obviously Good. yeah 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 that's why I used to pass tense um, no <laughs> I didn't um <laughs> Very, very nice man with a very strange and very well cultivated moustache. So not every Frankfurt fan is a nightmare. But yeah, I think it was but interesting that any excuse, absolute any excuse, all the same regional discrimination comes up from fans of uh, Italian fans of other clubs that I saw on social media. All this stuff like coming in there, banning fake news, agreeing with Germans, all this, you know, we wouldn't want to go to Naples, all this kind of stuff. It's like this, and this complete lack of sort of objective reporting I found incredibly depressing, but, you know. I agree. I had the, I, I usually refrain from fighting online because I really, there's nothing to gain from it. But I, I just, the amount of, the amount of, um, like, incorrect information I read online uh, just pushed me to answer to some people, especially to some UE fans who were on Reddit. They were talking shit about Napoli. They were saying, you know, enough is, if Napoli is not safe enough to host football games, then they shouldn't host football games. And I, um, well, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't angry about it. I just, I, I tried to explain to this guy and people on Reddit that this has nothing to do with the fact that Napoli is unsafe. And, if since this guy was a UE fan, I pointed out to this guy that as a Campania resident, as a Napoli resident, I am not allowed to go to Juve Napoli. I'm, I haven't been allowed to go to Juve Napoli for the re same reason why Frankfurt fans haven't been allowed to go to, um, to Napoli. So as a Napoli resident, I am not allowed to get any tickets for Juventus Napoli every year. So does that mean that Torino is an unsafe city? Does that mean that Torino shouldn't host football games? Of course not. I mean, I, I already spoke about it uh, last week. I disagree with the police uh, decision. Obviously, obviously, they had their own uh, reasons to do it. They're not crazy. I just think they're a little bit lazy about it. They prefer to avoid um, policing the events instead of actually trying. I understand it's hard. I understand it's safer for everyone if away fans don't come, but that can be a solution. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it was very sad to go to the stadium and see that uh, away section empty. It often is in Napoli, unfortunately. We have, I think, one of the 
most empty away sections in Italy. Even when the away section is fully open, people don't come because it's quite uncomfortable to come to Napoli and go to the away section. Police is so straight that sometimes I see away fans enter the stadium like 40 minutes after kickoff. Which is, oh, that's which ridiculous. Is, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's a disaster. So I, I totally understand yeah. why away fans choose not to come to Napoli. But... And I don't think we're cheerleading the whole city and the whole way that the thing was handled. I think that there's lots of ways that the, the, the authorities got it wrong and the police clearly don't help sometimes. I think, you know, here's... I looked up some statistics here just to really help my, my online wars. I think... <laughs> There's there's quite a lot of stuff at the moment, isn't there, with the Italian press about the theft, the massive increase in like crime that's happening in Milano, for example, and the statistics back this up. So the the capital city of Lombardy, Milan, recorded six point seven thousand crime cases per every hundred thousand inhabitants in two thousand and nineteen. It's ranked first for theft rate and second for robbery rate. Okay, and whilst we're whilst we're at it. If we're looking at the number of crimes per 100,000 inhabitants in Italy, this comes from 2020. Milan is top, Bologna is second, Rimini is third, Prato fourth, Florence fifth, Turin sixth, Rome seventh. You have to go down to find to find Naples. Now, I'm not saying that there's no crime in Naples. There is crime in Naples, of course, like any city. It, it does obviously have problems with organized crime as well, like other cities. Um but the facts, like, don't paint the picture that people are very, very keen to paint. Um, and actually, the, the north of Italy, if I was to tell someone to be careful with their bags, etc., I would definitely say that about going to, to Milan at the moment. I would say it to anybody going to a city. I'd say if you was going into Glasgow as well. So anyway, oh, yeah. look at the facts, people. <laughs> I'm going to get my bag next now when I go to Naples in June. Calm. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, no, it was quite a quite a sad, you know. It was uh, look, I understand Frankfurt fans and how angry they were because I've been in their uh, exact same situation when I went to Glasgow and I couldn't attend the game. I totally understand how frustrating it is to plan um, for a, an away game, which is for me, it's one of the most exciting things to do as a as a Napoli fan to travel Europe, to follow Napoli, to watch, you know, new stadiums. I, especially for Frankfurt, I do understand because they don't go often to the Champions League. So I totally understand that. Um, unfortunately, it's easy to find a scapegoat, but it's very easy to find the wrong scapegoat. So um, we, uh, you know, like they blame Napoli a lot. They blame Napoli fans. They blame the club. I think, unfortunately, there is some, uh, blame uh, deserved for the for the club because while the club didn't decide anything because they don't have the power to decide to ban away fans this is not the club's decision they endorsed the decision to ban Frankfurt fans they did, indeed. which, I agree. which is that which is a shame I, I disagree with that at all again it doesn't help uh, they didn't decide anything though this is the police decision obviously they consult with Napoli too but this is a security issue and napoli is not in charge of stadium security especially outside the stadium because the problem would have been outside the stadium this is a ministry of the interior issue napoli participates in these meetings but they decide nothing they obviously have to be included in the meetings because they are part of the event but they there it's not up to them whether fans are um, banned or not they just participate to, to these meetings to be made aware of what will be decided Sure. Uh, but it was sure, disappointing sure. to see that Napoli actually endorsed the, the, the ban on Frankfurt fans. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen anymore and hopefully we don't get any consequences for that. I think we do deserve some bad consequence because honestly it was a total shame. It's not, again, it's not our fault, but I do think, because I read some words from Ceferin, UEFA's uh, president, and he said yeah. that I mean, there's going to be some kind of consequence. I hope that we're not going to get banned from the next games. I hope that nothing will happen in the next home games in Champions I, League. I also hope there's a proper inquiry into it where they look at the evidence properly. Because it's very hard, isn't it? Because ultras don't wear club colours. So it is actually quite hard to see 
who's doing what and when and who's and all that kind of stuff. The the point I'll make, I think, which is quite important, and I'm not trying to say that Napoli Ultras are Saints because they're not, and they've done some really stupid things this season that I absolutely don't approve of. They didn't smash up Glasgow, did they? No, 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 no. You did, they you usually, they usually don't. Glasgow. They usually don't. They Napoli Trust now go to all their away games. They went to uh they went to the latest away game too. They didn't they didn't do anything. But, the, but there. they they were banned from going into the stadium. So they had the, you know, yeah, and yeah. It's yeah. just a shame. And it's some of the people on the internet saying that, well, they the idea that just because you're not allowed to go to a stadium lets you smash up the kind of <laughs> one of the most beautiful historic centers. You know, I love the video of the guy running away eating his pizza. That made me. <laughs> That was such an amazing video. I think they would have smashed everything anyway, regardless of the ticket situation. They exactly. this is why like people are saying, Oh yeah, this, this is what happens when you ban people from the stadium. No, this is the exact opposite. They got banned from the stadium because this would have happened anyway. The police but how low, yeah, how low is your bar on behavior? Like how spoiled you have. I didn't get my way. So I guess smashed yeah. everything out. No, so but I think I think they would have done it anyway. They did it a few years ago, I think in Rome. Or in Florence, I can remember they have some precedents, and the police, you know, I don't like how they're acting. I don't like the decisions they're making, but still, you know, like they act on information. They know things that we don't. They intercepted some messages. They know what what these fans were planning. Um, this is not just a shot in the dark. They 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 they, they took so. Um, they anyway, okay. again, the decision wasn't the correct one, but. It, I think it is. We won't know for sure, obviously, but this is silly, in my opinion, to assume that they did what they did because they weren't banned from the stadium. I think that's ex- exactly the opposite. They got banned from the stadium because that's what they do when they travel. And again, I don't want to generalize because I don't really know too much about Frankfurt fans. But apparently, what from what what I read, it's not really it's not really been a unique experience for Frankfurt fans, right? They kind of yeah. cost this often. That's true, and the, and they weren't very nice to. The Napoli fans in Frankfurt also. Yeah. But um, okay, um, well, enough of that. Um, the game itself was great. One, three nil. We're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, Michele. Isn't it's crazy. that? I actually crazy. got a little bit emotionally. I was with uh, Glasgow Napoli. Shout out to the Tiragazzi. We had a new member come along, Craig. Ciao, Craig. Top lad. His, his grandmother started going, he's from Scotland. His mm-hmm. grandmother started visiting Naples on holiday every year from like the 19th, early 1960s. And nice. so his family have just always gone to the Amalfi Coast and, and Naples for like since 1962. Nice. And so they're all of us are in the pub. None of us are any Neapolitan her- heritage. And the guy that I think really nailed that game, I'm not going to talk about the game because everyone else has put ages, but Jamie, who picked me up, gave me a lift in, had life as life playing in, in his car, which is excellent choice. Nice. Uh, Good. He, he put it well because a, a few of the guys had pizza at Paisano and Jamie said Napoli played basically just like us. It's like they, they went for a pizza beforehand and they just kept playing as if like it was just the most casual, <laughs> casual way of like dismantling what pe- a lot of people really fancied Frankfurt and the beautiful header from, from Osman. But anyway, yeah. let's talk about the most recent game. It was an away game. We were in Torino. I always like to hear about your experiences, Michele. So did you watch this at home with your dad? What did you eat? What was the, what were the general Borelli vibes behind uh, Torino <laughs> Napoli? So, yeah, no, it was obviously Sunday was Father's Day. So Father's yeah. Day is the day when we eat uh, a special pastry, which is called, um, well, it's a Napolitan pastry only, only made in... Uh, um, only made for this day. Obviously, you can eat it uh, for the whole year, but it's specific to Father's Day in Napoli, and it's called Zeppola di San Giuseppe. San Giuseppe is obviously San Joseph, and uh, yeah, it's the symbolic father, not biological father though. That's funny to me, but it's the the, the symbolic father spoiler. that we celebrate. Spoiler yeah, spoiler alert. alert. But yeah, so uh, this Zeppola, and I have to I have to say something controversial here. Because it is one of the most common and famous and loved pastries in Napoli, but I am not a big fan of it. So I what's am... in it? For those of us that don't know, tell us what's in it first, and then tell us why you don't like it. It's basically a fried pastry. Or I think, no, it can be either fried or oven cooked. There is some cream on top, and then there is some, I don't know, I have no idea how to say it. It's like a small amarena 
on top of it. Uh, let me see if I can translate amarena. This is something I really, I really don't like on pastries. Uh, black, black cherry. Yeah, because it's a bit bitter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like it. I like the cream, the pastry cream. I just don't like the... I don't know. It's just like... it's If it's not done well, and if it's eaten cold, it's really bad in my opinion, you know, because it's kind of empty inside. There is uh, cream. Instead of being there being uh, filling inside, there is cream on top, which I don't really like. You know, it's very... Con- when I say this in Napoli, it's extremely controversial. People look at me like hot I said... Take. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot takes today, Michele. Yeah, exactly. Like no, people look at me like I just said, yeah, I love ananas or pineapple on my pizza, so... It's, it's, <laughs> no, steady yeah. on. I don't think you've quite gotten to that level. Um, no, no, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, people people really react strangely to it. But yeah, no, it's so. Despite this, did had, you still have one with your father as a symbolic gesture? I didn't have one with my father. I had one with a, a, a friend named Giuseppe in the evening because obviously it was his name day because, again, it was San Joseph Day. So yeah. name days in Napoli are quite big. Uh, they are not as big as birthdays, but we still kind of celebrate them. I mean, we kind of do, we, we still like to do something about them. So I had a couple of friends named Giuseppe. Uh, we went to the pub together in the evening and uh, this guy brought Zeppole to celebrate his, his, uh, his name day. So I had a couple, a fried one and an oven cooked one. Um, You're good friends, despite the fact you don't like it. Again, top, top lad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, the sacrifices I do for friendship, obviously. But yeah, no. So obviously, we had a we had a big lunch at home to celebrate the Father's Day, and I watched the game. The game was at three p.m. Italian time on Sunday. Same. So we had a a nice lunch. I had I ate spaghetti with mussels. My father made them. My father is like a a seafood specialist. So yeah, your dad was took quite... it on Father's Day. Nice one. Because yeah. also, it's like in Italy, you you pick up the bill on your birthday this is something i learned when i spent my birthday in italy unless i was being conned by my by my in-laws no you know it's kind of funny because it it it's one of those things that is different from the north to the south so i live both in the north and in the south and i have some friends in milan and basically in in the south or at least in napoli what you do is you have a party you invite friends to your party and you pay for the party yourself so if you want yeah. You, if it's some somewhere with food, you pay for the food. Uh, if it's somewhere with uh, with drinks, you pay for the drinks. No, at least one round. Uh, you don't so have to pay for everything. But... That's what it's like in Sardinia too. Yeah, so, and yeah. Uh, obviously the friends bring a present, uh, so so it kind of balances out. But apparently in the north is the opposite. This this I I learned only very recently. So in the in the north. You organize a party and then you ask your guests to pay for the party, which is so weird to me because no wonder people are like, stealing things in Milano with that kind of approach. Jesus, it's kind of weird because for me, you know, like the Napolitan system makes sense because I pay for the present, you pay for the drinks. You no, know? it's kind of, you know, it's yeah, a, I quite like that. I think, but it's in good. Milan, in, I mean, Milan in the north, you get you invite people and then they have to pay for their own drinks and then for the present as well. I mean, what kind of I don't know. It's kind of weird to me. It's I mean, it's Not just traditions, thing. just traditions. Tradition, as they sung once in <laughs> Fiddler on the Roof. Anyway, so it was 4-0. Great, great game. Really enjoyable game. It was, again, it's, we considered one goal in two months for Kelly. It's crazy. Anything particular jump out to you that you that you want to talk about? What, okay, let's let's focus this on your father. What was, what got him most excited about the game? The I think we the, the third goal we scored I think was the third goal uh, Osimhen's header, well the second header was was amazing to me it was one of the probably best goals we had all season. I just love these kind of goals. You know, if you look at it, everyone did, you know, like perfectly, like ten out of ten, starting from the um, from, from the throw in. Then it was uh, Angissa. Passing the ball to Di Lorenzo, Di Lorenzo with a beautiful, a beautiful little pass to Di Lorenzo as well. It's a little, little sort of chips. No, little everything chips. was. Per- if you look at it, if you, I I watched that game, that goal so many times because I just I just stand in awe. You know, I just look at it and it's like, wow, what a team! Because the what what Angisa did was perfect. Then uh, Di Lorenzo, his move to receive the ball was perfect. Then he moved uh, horizontally through the pitch perfectly, in my opinion. He found yeah. Oliveira. Uh, 10 out of 10. Uh, no, he found uh, Kvaraxkelia. Uh, yeah. 10 out of 10. That back heel was incredible. 
just yeah, just Clara stuff, and then you Chef's know, kiss. I think the cross from Oliveira was so great, so amazing. Really clever uh, cross, wasn't it? Yeah. It, just, it took out half the defense. Didn't yeah, it? but again, it's not easy to do. You know, ten out of ten cross, and obviously yeah. Ossiman was ready. Maybe the easiest part in this whole uh, play was Ossiman's header because he was right there. And obviously, I mean, it wasn't an easy header in my opinion, but it was no. was the easiest part of the whole play because everything was great. I just loved it, and it was so great to see Napoli fans back in the away section after the two months ban. Yeah. So yeah, yeah there was there was very and nice. they made some noise. There was a lot. Of, I could, you could even on telly you could hear Saro Conte coming out, and I think I agree with you. That's one of my favorite goals this season. I think it's it was a beautiful goal. Beautiful um, team goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're a bit spoiled for it. It's, I was thinking this, actually, that every single game has got this iconic thing. So like that, that's a back heel into the cross and the kind of... That's an iconic goal that we'll remember for ages. The the header in the Frankfurt game, uh, incredible leap. You know, these are all like... You're lucky to get a few of these a season. We're getting them every game, Michele. Like well, every gonna... game has these iconic moments. We're going to talk about this season for a long time. I think even next season, when we do the podcast, we're going to talk about this season because yeah. there's so much to talk about. We are so lucky to be living through these times. You know, we have to be good not to take them for granted because it's, we really can't. We really can't. You know, it's, it's so great. Everything's so perfect. Honestly, it feels like a dream. It honestly feels like a dream, but maybe not even because in my dreams, we never went that far. In my in your dreams, you're, you're waking up and writing the numbers down afterwards. And it's just 28, 28, 28, 28, 28. <laughs> yes, whoops, yes. <laughs> you can't put the same number six times for the lottery, Michele. But no, it's true. Uh, and actually, I was talking to a friend of mine this week. And they were saying, basically, that what's it like to be so far ahead? And I'm still really enjoying every game because, as you say, it's like, an unprecedented moment. It's a dream. Life is a dream, as the great Spanish playwright Calderon once once wrote. Um, yeah. So, talking of dreams, we're in the quarterfinal of the Champions League for the first time in our history, Michele. Yeah. He, and um, you know, we've never done that well in the in the European Cup under Maradona. We got Real Madrid in the first round the the year after we won the Scudetto, and we were knocked out. Then in 1991, Maradona was really on the way out post-Italian World Cup, and we got all right. But then Spartak Moscow, wasn't it, how we were knocked yeah, out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in recent times, we've obviously done all right. We had the lovely 2011-2012 season and the Chelsea game, which we talked about a lot. In the pub, before the draw, Cordova G said that they wanted Chelsea. That's what they wanted, to mm. relive the kind of emotion. I'd quite, mm. you know... But in the end, we got a team called AC Milan, who yeah. I've heard of. Yeah. What's your what are your feelings? I've got another question, but what your, what was your feeling on the draw? Uh, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't. Okay, first of all, I don't think we can take any games for granted because, as you said, this is the first time in the club's history. It's almost a hundred years old in the club history that we went we go to the quarterfinals in Champions League obviously the Champions League has changed a bit in uh, during the decades but still you know it's the uh, literally the highest point in Europe uh for this club so any any team we would have drawn you know we really can't celebrate we really can't uh, take any games for granted however obviously Milan is a good pick Milan is a good draw and most importantly, even Inter or Benfica would be relatively good draws, you know, relatively good, um, uh, well, easier, let's say, easier teams to face. Um, yeah. We still have Benfica to fight for it. But good football, though. Oh, my God. I, I, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. It's not going to be easy. Uh, but I I can lie. And I will say that when we, when we got Milan, I, well, I, I didn't celebrate, but I was relieved. Because, you know, like yeah. facing Manchester City, Bayern Munich, Real Madrid, it wouldn't, been, wouldn't have been easy at all. And I think... I still think the way we're playing this season, we could beat those teams. But I think, I mean, I have to admit, I was in the pub. I'd had a couple of drinks. 
And I was saying, I was being quite rude about Milan and how they're playing this season. And I woke up and in the sober light of day, you know, when you wake up and you dreadfully regret the things you've said sometimes. I didn't have that. It was a rare example of waking up and going, you know what? I was 100% right. (laughs) Milan are not playing very well at the moment. Uh, They lost to Udinese, obviously, at the weekend. And it was a very bad performance. Really papered that Zlatan goal, really papered over the the cracks in terms of how the performance was reported. But wouldn't it be just our luck, Michele, that they just, they remember how to play football just (laughs) just before the quarterfinal? I think, you know, if we play like we know, then there is no game. Uh, You know, Milan is, they can do whatever they want, but we are, this season, we are the better side. However, I think it's important to know that as far as I remember, we have only been outplayed in two games this season. And these games were against Inter and Milan. I totally agree. When we beat Milan, yeah, we were so lucky. Oh my God. Exactly. So we really, like, it's, again, it would be silly to say that we are not the favorites for against Milan and also against Inter because you don't get a 20 points lead against yeah. these teams, you know, um, casually or randomly. But um, we Inzaghi still have some games to play. Izagi knows how to do a game plan. It's interesting. So I'd say the, th- the three games where there was a really coherent game plan against us was when we beat Milan and we were lucky the Inter game and I think Inter it was a rare example of like the game plan was perfectly executed and the Lazio game was perfectly ex- executed and so I think yeah I don't think it will be as easy as we think but we think, should beat them yeah I think with the, with Lazio yes we I wouldn't say we got that played but definitely like we, we talked about it but we, we they definitely prepared for that game and they executed it perfectly, and they were also a little bit lucky with that goal. So I think you play that yeah. game ten times. Now another ten, you maybe like eight out of ten, you 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 draw, and one you win and one you lose. So they were also a little bit lucky, but still, you know, they adhered to their plan, and it was a good plan. Not a great plan in terms of, you know, aesthetically. Let's say it wasn't the greatest football. It wasn't terrible. But it was it was a good plan. But I think I remember I, we won in Milan against Milan, but we got outplayed by them. We also yeah. got a little bit lucky. We had a great goal from Simeone, but yeah. we really didn't deserve to win that game. Let's be honest here. And against Inter, we really pay, played very poorly, very very poorly. Probably the worst performance we had all all I was season. So worried after that game, I thought that was it. I thought we'd bottled it. We had the break, and then we'd all gone off the boil. And yeah. luckily, I was completely wrong. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite? I mean, there's so it's a storied fixture in the history of calcio. Yeah. Uh, games featuring Napoli and Milan. I've got a couple of favorites. What are yours? Any spring to mind from the past? Yeah, there are a few. There are a few sad ones and there are a few good ones. I remember the sad one was basically the first game from um, in Milan against uh, Milan with Pato. Do you remember Pato? Yeah, the Brazilian guy. Yeah, yeah. It was the first game against... Uh, like His first game with Milan, he was already talked about as, his, as the next Ronaldo, you know, the number nine Ronaldo. And uh, yeah, after we, with that game, he actually scored like his first goal in Serie A. He cried after the goal. Everyone was happy. And yeah, it was one of the worst games I think I've ever seen. It was a disaster, you know. It was a total he was party amazing for, them. for about two years, wasn't he? Perhaps yeah. And then just drops like a stone, probably injuries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played a few bad games against Milan, but we also played a few good ones. Obviously, I think the best one we ever, we ever played was with Sarri. I think we won 4-0. In Milan, it was probably I think Sarri's first oh, yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to be wrong about it, but it was one of the greatest games. Uh, was one of the uh, best games with Sarri. It was also one of the first games with Sarri. So that was one of the games which made us realize that Sarri was legit, in my opinion. And I have was fond it just memories. after Maradona had said that stuff about him, and then I think that result happened quite soon afterwards. I yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. it was quite early in the season. It was yeah, quite yeah. funny for me because I watched that game with a lot of relatives. I was in my in my grandfather's house and it was with like 20 other people relatives cousins friends so it was extremely funny for me it was a Amazing. very a very fun memory i have but i think maybe the most intense napoli milan i can remember 
is the game, I think, I don't want to be wrong about the year. I think it was either 2008 or 2009. It was basically we were losing that game 2-0 at home. So it was in Napoli. It was with Mazzari. And uh, basically at one point, at the 90th minute, Cigarini scores a goal from outside the box coming from a corner. And I remember clearly that at that point, I wasn't at the stadium, sadly, but I remember very clearly that a lot of people had already left the stadium. So the stadium oh, was getting quite, yeah, it was getting empty. And then Chigarini scores in the 90th minute and people, yeah, celebrate, but kind of figure the game is lost anyway. Uh, because especially because Milan scored their, their goals quite early in the game. So the whole game is Milan winning 2 0 against Napoli. We, come, we go to the last minute, Chigarini scores, and then the stadium becomes alive again. Every time we had possession, everyone was screaming. I was just pushing Napoli for the 2-2. And at the last minute, after a couple of minutes, uh, so such a great memory. So I, I'll send the video. I think we can post the video because I have, I have, the, I have this YouTube video saved in my favorites. I have, been, I have it saved for years now. So Maggio goes to the right. He, he crosses the ball in, inside the box. And Dennis, with the header, he scores the 2-2. So we went from 2-0 to 2-2 in the span of two minutes. And uh, we, it was such a... I think it is still one of the loudest goal celebration I've ever heard uh, from the stadium. So obviously, <laughs> it was kind of fun because I was watching this, obviously, this game at home. And I couldn't celebrate because my sister was, was sleeping. So it was me and my father celebrating yeah. silently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just running outside, the, in, like around the and kitchen. Uh, but yeah, it was, we, we, we will post the video because it's such a loud celebration. So loud. I think those years. And your favorite goals, crazy. as you say, your favorite goals, as you said, are always the last minute ones. And also, I think if you add to the fact it's last minute, goal, I can't remember that, but I do remember Chigarini. He was like a midfielder, right? That used to yeah. sit quite deep. So like, I don't, I must remember this goal because he, he, I don't think he scored many goals, did he, for, no, for Napoli? No, so the fact it came from someone like like that also makes it makes it better. Um, my uh, my well, if I had to recall, I would say, and this is more through my research from writing and stuff, but the great Milan side of the eighties. It was like the first year of Saki at Milan, and it's when you know when Maradona scored that ridiculous header that was miles, he was miles out. And he heads it. He's like sort of 30 yards out. Um, this Rafa, Rafa Rispo, Ciao Rafa, Presidente. Uh, I think it's his his favorite Maradona goal, he always says, because it's just so unexpected. It's kind of moment of genius. But I love that game because when I want to be contrarian, when people talk about Saki's great team <laughs> and they talk about Franco Baresi, it's the worst defensive performance I think I have ever seen from a team is that game. I don't know what was going on, like whether Saki's instructions hadn't come across or what. They played this ridiculously high line and Maradona just cut them to pieces. Karakaram Maradona. Uh, so that was good. But I, weirdly, the, I think the best performance that a player put in against Maradona's Napoli was Rude Hullet. Uh, the year before Saki arrived, actually, I think, on the, on the right-hand side. I think Milan beat us 4-1 in that. And... Hullet was on the right side of attack and he was unplayable. He was absolutely incredible. And there's a great picture of Maradona and Hullet uh, before the game. Two, two, I just two guys that play football in a way that gets you excited. So let's hope we get some more good stuff. Bit of drama. What do you reckon? Uh, no, I want no drama. I want an easy win. Like, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's, it's hard to predict. If you see in Milan now, Milan is absolutely a disaster. They are so bad. They are losing... Left and right. They'll you know, remember. They're... They'll beat us when we play them in the league, and then they'll remember, and then it will be Zlatan will score a hat trick, and everyone will be like, "Oh, it's a Mario's own." <laughs> Hopefully, that yeah. won't happen. But I'm hoping no. for another pizza performance, like Jamie said. I want two performances, as if we just come straight out the pizzeria, kick the ball around a bit, and win. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's not going to be easy, but you know, Definitely. it's an easier away game for me. So that's at least we have that. Yeah, and actually for the squad as well. So, but let's Sadly. see. There's no way they're going to let Campania residents in, is there? We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I really hope they will. Uh, usually in Europe, the rules are a little bit different, despite what mm. happened with the with Napoli Frankfurt. 
we'll see. It would be kind of harsh to ban Campania Resident. I think for usually for Milan Napoli games, Campania Residents are allowed as long as I mean it's slightly restricted, but they're allowed. And anyway, the way these away tickets are handled, they are basically only given to season ticket holders. So, you know, season ticket yeah. holders, it's guaranteed that there are no trusts. Well, let's hope you're there. Let's hope you're there. And I think, um, yeah, I mean, before we wrap up, I mean, I think this is sort of linked a little bit. There's quite a lot of people now, I think, gearing up for that for that last weekend of the season in, in the league now, uh, just to emphasise to everybody that the tickets are going to be really expensive, incredibly hard to get a hold of. Three million residents in Cabana are going to try and get their hands on it. Um, now, I'm going. I've booked my flights, booked my Airbnb. But I'm turning it into a bit of a holiday with my in-laws and stuff, and it will be nice. I'm not if I get into the game, great. If I don't, it's not the end of the world. I'll find somewhere to watch it in the city. There'll be lots of great moments, I'm sure, from that. So I think, I don't know, just to say to everybody, I mean, let's all go and have a great time. And if we get into the game, then great. If we don't, it's not the end of the world. I think that's a sensible philosophy to have, Michele. Yes, and there is a lot of there will be a lot of stuff to do outside the stadium too. Just keep in mind that obviously the the vast majority of Napoli fans won't be inside the stadium. They will be around the city, so I'm sure they will set some um, big screens all around town. And I think it has the potential to be even funnier and more entertaining outside the stadium. So yeah, I mean, it's easier to make friends as well. You can meet people and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, I mean, quite hard, quite hard, quite very hard to get tickets for this game. It's like a World Cup final every day now. It's it's, yeah. it's crazy. So, and actually, maybe closer to the time when we know a bit more about what's going to be happening in the city, we can we can maybe talk about it. Um, right, okay, cool. Well, there we go, listeners. Two weeks in a row. Do you have a Neapolitan expression of the week before we tiddle off? Yes. Yeah, so this phrase is about our Champions League run. Um. I found myself dreaming about it. You know, I'm, I'm way too anxious to even think about a possible good outcome from this Champions League run. But, you know, since the title seems to be safer than before, we can kind of focus on the Champions League now. It doesn't mean that we have to rotate players in Serie A, but, you know, it's... It, it, it's quite exciting to be in the quarterfinal. I've never seen anything like even my father. My father had a good point. He said, This is the first time you and me, you and I share um, a new experience with Napoli because I've seen Napoli win the UEFA Cup. I've seen Napoli win the Scudetto. So I've seen it all. But this is the first time I see, I see Napoli uh, go what to the quarterfinal. What an amazing point. Uh, yeah. Signor Borelli, what a, an amazing point. He's made. I'm just thinking actually of, of Rafa. So I think Rafa will probably be feeling something similar that he experienced all these things together with his dad. When we talked about the Maradonias, he got very emotional about it because it kind of reminded him of his his childhood. It was 40 this this week, Rafa. So Agori Rafa. But what a great point. There's all these um these kind of cross-generational Napoli Tifosi that are going through the thing to get wow, the first time. That's exactly, cool. yeah. So it's ex- extremely exciting for everyone and uh, you know it's it's worth dreaming so the phrase of the week is quando uno sa d'ambriaca è meglio s'ambriaca e vino buono quando uno sa d'ambriaca è meglio s'ambriaca e vino buono which means when you have to get drunk it's better to do it with good wine so oh, you know you know okay, like... might as well might as well but we'll see. We'll see. I'm already drunk. It. I'm already drunk. But and you're teetotal and you're drunk this season. <laughs> Amazing. It's a very good time because my mother's actually about to arrive and she's going to come stay for for a few days, and she does like a glass of wine. Uh, she came. She went to Naples with my dad on on holiday recently. She had a great time uh, sampling quite a lot of that. So you've timed it perfectly. Can you just yeah. say once more, just for everyone, because it's such a wonderful phrase. Go on, give it to us once more. Quando uno sa d'ambriaca è meglio s'ambriaca e vino buono. I'll get to listen back and learn it. I will say it to my mum later. Um, great. Okay, before we before we bounce, anything you'd like to say to any of the any of the listeners? Anything? It's been 
bubbling away in your brain you wouldn't like to share or did you think you, you got it all out no i just want to say you know like let's don't take this season for granted we are winning all games but it's not i, th- I think it's going to be very hard to replicate this we are basically breaking all syria records in terms of you know goal difference goal scored uh points uh leading uh leading the the, the table everything you know like we we are now going for the quarter to the quarter finals for the first time and it's we have a good chance to go to the semi-final even so you know it's a, and a fantastic season is a season i didn't even dare of dreaming when i was when i was younger and dreaming about napoli achieving success i never dreamed of napoli having a 20 points lead in serie a that was this is crazy i mean if you told me if you went back in time and told me 10 years ago oh yeah you know napoli will be in the quarterfinals and lead in serie a by by 20 points i would have I would have laughed because I would have not even laughed. I would have probably you fought have, you. You would have <laughs> dropped your trousers and fasted in our faces. Yes, because Maybe. it is it is not believable. It is not a believable season, the season we are having. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, let's, you know, what I'm thinking right now, every time I go to the stadium, but every day, honestly, every day, it's this is history in the making and we know about it usually when you make a memory for the rest of your life you don't really know as, except when it's a big event like a son uh, being born or like a wedding but now we know like now we have a 20 point lead so we know that in a one month or one month and a half we're gonna have one of the best you know best uh, events of our life best memories of our life and we're gonna remember that forever so and let's it enjoy unique. it it won't feel even if we win 10 more scudetti it won't feel the same as this one 33 years exactly. you know exactly. everything we've been through so yeah beautiful well if, if we win if, it yeah sorry yeah but yes, but if we do it's we we know that it's going to be incredible so yes i am yeah. starting to get ready for it because if if i don't i'm going to just cry for a week i want to celebrate too other i don't want to cry the whole time keep, keep those diaries clear everybody um so, sono d'accordo amico uh i don't know if that's correct or not what just it is, it anyway is. okay there we go there we go so we begun with me correcting myself with my poor pronunciation but we've ended with me getting something right um well thanks Michele. always good to chat and we can find you on twitter at napoli tickets you can find me at henry Valcalcio. um and this is part of the Far From Vesuvius network. Check out uh, Raf and Raf's rant at Napoli Rant, uh, Dana Mario's YouTube channel, Napoli Talk as well. Good. I've watched some of some of his videos this week. It's all good stuff, mate. Um, great. All right, then. Take care of yourselves in the meantime. And Forza Napoli. Sempre. Sempre.